It's the Hot Stove presented by the Couple Mets podcast. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Matthew DeSantis, as always. Before we get going, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Couple Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lastly, be sure to download SeatGeek and use code Cup of Mets to get $20 off of your first purchase, whether it be to a sporting event, concert, you name it, you got it. And with that, episode 17. Off and away we go. Matt, how are we doing? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Happy to be back. Um, like you said, uh, we're we're happy to be partnered with SeatGeek. So it's a big move forward for the team and the podcast as a whole. Um, I know a whole bunch of people that that love to utilize SeatGeek. So I think uh I think that's a that's a good start for us. But uh spring training's underway. Um we're moving inching closer and closer to uh, the warmer months, which is a good thing, especially for us New Yorkers. But, uh, you know, yeah, Spe- speaking, we'll, we'll dive into it all. Speaking, of, yeah, speaking, speaking of warmer, <laughs> speaking of warmer weather, how was, uh, how was Slam Diego? Beautiful, beautiful. So much. So, the first time I went to Slam Diego, it ran, rained on me for four days straight. This time it was beautiful weather great trip you know went there had a had some good laughs in and out burger is a must and uh you know it's a good time it was a good time couldn't complain can't complain and then you come back to the uh 20s and 30s nice man well welcome back we're happy to have you um yeah well trust me i was the only fucking asshole standing outside jfk wearing shorts that night i can probably see that looking like Um, an idiot everyone's looking at me like this guy must be nuts you always got to bring the sweatpants in the bag, man. You always got to bring the sweats in the bag or something, something like that. Uh, they were, they, they were in the bag, bro. I'm a shorts guy, especially on a plane. Got to be like comfortable. Those planes can get hot. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But the minute I step outside, I'm freezing, especially after being in a warm climate. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, you, you said that the Mets are also in a warmer climate. Spring training's underway. The first, uh, Spring training game occurred today. I think the Dodgers put up like an eight spot on the Padres in the first inning. <laughs> this, that, and the third, whatever. The Mets. That's great. The Mets don't play a game until Saturday. Um, but of course, for the third consecutive season, our number one starter will not be available come opening day. Kodai Senga shut down due to a mild posterior strain, which is in the back of your shoulder. Uh, he'll miss opening day and his timeline to return is is uncertain um well, um so uh, i'll start off by saying i'm one not shocked by the news but i'm very disappointed about the news i mean new york mets fans know what it's like to get hit with an injury bug but come on man february 22nd to lose our starting pitching our for our our top guy um, and we don't, don't even we don't even have a rotation. Our whole rotate our whole rotation is mix and match. He was the one guy. He was the one guy that you said, "All right, he's a he he's a he's a stud." Whether he's a one or a two, legitimately, he's a stud, and we know that we got him. Now it's looking yeah. like what he'll most likely be. Experts are saying he'll most likely be out to what June, early July, something on yeah, the yeah. Well, Doctor. Dr. Jesse Morse, fantasy doctor, said he put out a really good video today that 
and I like him a lot, respect him. I've listened to his fantasy football stuff. Um, and he goes through detailed videos of these these injuries with like a, with like a skull, a mannequin that's like broken down to the skull pretty much. Right. Um, so he was describing the injury and he goes early June, the absolute earliest for this guy to like re, to restart baseball activities. So that's not good. They usually yep. need what? They need two weeks to ramp up and then about another two weeks in the minors. You're probably looking at your rehab you're, center. You're probably looking at after the all-star break then. That's probably what you're looking like for Kodai Senga. Then that's really sad and disappointing. Yeah, right then now. This, then you might you might as well, depending on what our standings is, if, if that's the situation, you might as well shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. Right now Sorry. I would. Right now, our now right now our rotations looking like Quintana, Severino, Manaya, Hauser, and McGill. When's the trade deadline this year? I know you're already looking forward to that, huh? Yeah. Well, we gotta, well, well, we gotta hope that we get good outputs. I'm, from... I'm, I'm gonna put this out there right now. I think we're gonna stink this year. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, today really. Well, I mean you. <laughs> you you said the most negative thing in our little group chat earlier today. Let's find it. You said, um, what did you say? You said something along the lines of, oh, season's over on February 22nd. Yep. Okay. All right. So Matt's, Matt's, <clears throat> pawn, Matt's pawn the tank the Frank here in 2024. So no, we- I am not a Frank the tank. Fuck Frank the tank, by the way. He's an awful fan. I mean, he might he might be a nice human being. I'm not, but he is the way that he makes our fan base look like a bunch of jackasses. I'm a realist. I just think of how things have gone in the past and how are we supposed to believe it's about to go, get better? Really? We just lost our top pitcher. You think that whatever our win total was now is any, it's probably 10 lower. Well, yeah, I haven't. 10 of I, those wins were Sanga. Yeah, I, I haven't checked with Pakoda. Pakoda initially had us pegged at I think eighty four and seventy eight, making the third wild card spot. But I, that probably has changed now with Sanga out. It it just really sucks because as I just mentioned, you look at the rotation now. McGill fills that void. Then you have guys like Jose Budo and um, you know Joey Lucchese on the outside. David Stearns already, you know, something that I think we could have gone on here, and even though it would have been a question mark, and again. Games haven't even started, so it would be unfair for Stearns to say this guy is going to be in the rotation or that guy's going to be in the rotation. But, you know, something that we could get excited about potentially seeing some of these young guys in the spring that have made, you know, the big league camp go out there and, you know, maybe put on a show and maybe make the rotation. Stearns already kind of shut that down today, saying that, uh, you know, Dom Hamill, Mike Vasile, Christian Scott, they're all going to start the year in the minors, which I don't think that we can necessarily disagree with but at the same time now that's another thing that like we can't even get excited about so it's looking like it's going to be one of the three in miguel budo or lucchese i'd rather miguel and lucchese than budo i don't know why i just don't think that he's a major league pitcher but yeah i think i don't think that any of the prospects are going to start on the big league roster i don't know that's just my gut feeling yeah and I, and again, I mean, I, I personally believe that, you know, Tyler Miguel is going to end up being that fifth starter. Um, you know, him and his American spork, they're going to end up 
you know, in the starting rotation for the third consecutive year. He always finds himself. He always finds himself in there. Um, you know, on come opening day, it's uh, it's quite su- it's it's Someone... really. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I think it's more indicative of the Mets than it is of, of him. Um, but you know, he's reliable. He's reliable. Yeah. I mean, he, he absolutely is, you know, last year he pitched, started 25 games, 126 innings, nine and eight with a four seven ERA. I'm not sure what his FIP is. His FIP last year was, I just kind of want to see just based off of, you know, that four seven ERA, how much better the FIP was. The fit for McGill in 2023 was 496, so even worse than the ERA. So, okay, so not pretty. Last year was a down year, um, but it was a down year for a lot of guys. And, you know, you have to hope that with the innovation that David Stearns is bringing in, you know, with some of the other guys that they can make some adjustments and, you know, get the best possible output um, for, you know, uh, some of these guys who are on the fringes. Why don't you think Budo is a major league starter? I just, I can say with what I've seen from him, like he'll have his half decent days where he goes five innings, but then he's like, it's more of a better chance that he gets shelled. Like, and he's out after three and a third or something like that. Um, I just don't think he's a major league starter. If you want to throw him in the pen, then that's another thing. But to put him out there and think he's going to possibly give you six six solid innings is kind of crazy. Right. So I think that for me, I said it before, I think McGill will be that fifth starter. Luke Casey, I liked what I saw from him last year as well. Obviously, he was the yeah. he was the first starter last year to go seven innings out of, out of the Mets starter. So, um, you know, kudos to him. The interesting with, thing with Jose Budo was in 2022, he made that one start where he got absolutely obliterated. Um, and then last year in 2023, he did make seven starts, uh, nine games. He pitched total 42 innings, struck out 38. But I want to point this out to you, Matt. Okay. If he qualified, if he qualified, again, don't want to be too analytically savvy here, but if he qualified, his fastball run value would have been in the uh, great category within the 80th percentile. His pitching run value would have been within the 80th percentile as well. His whiff percentage would have been within the 75th to 80th percentile. And his barrel percentage would have been in the 100th percentile. What percentile would his wins be in? I mean that's no. indicative. That's indicative of if no, but no, you score. You, those are good bullpen, numbers. And if the bullpen is going to back him up when he gets out of the game, you know, I just I feel like last year we saw a little improvement from Budo. You know, he wasn't necessarily just relying on that fastball that we. I mean, granted, we saw him in one game the prior season, but you know, he recognized early on his changeup got hit hard, three six average against. But then he really started focusing in on that fastball and that slider, which he held hitters to under 200 batting average against. That sinker and the curveball, which he didn't use as much, also were two good pitches for him as well. I think Budo really does have some upside, and I think that he's a guy that can be maybe a five in, in a rotation. Um, and being 25 years old, I, I think that he could bring some upside to the Mets as well. But again, I, I just think that here on February 22nd, before games have started, 
I think it's really Tyler McGill's, um, you know, job to lose at this point. Um, who do you yeah, think, for sure. you know, you're, you're a big, you're, you're a big prospect guru, big prospect guy out of those three starters that I named, um, we can even throw Tyler Stewart into that conversation if we wanted, even though he only reached double a last year, what, what starter do you think is the most major league ready and which one do you think we'll, we'll see first in the bigs? I think Christian Scott, to be honest, I think his, uh, he, his, his numbers are great in terms of other minor league players, pitchers. I mean, um, I think he personally is the most major league ready. I'm sure him, Hamill, um, Vassal, they're all going to be on the AAA rotation. That'll be a pretty good. That'll be a good rotation. Young and um, we we just really got to see how they all perform. But I think he's got the best stuff out of all of them. I think he really does have the potential to be a number two, number three starter. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like from what people are saying is that Christian Scott does have the highest uh, potential of them all, and he has made. Obviously, again, we've noted prospect charts mean very little, but he has made a bunch of these charts as of recent. Um, two other names um, that I didn't mention before that, and again, I'm excited for all three of those kids. They all have upside and they all have their 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 pros. Um, you know, three, two other names uh, that I didn't mention before that will compete with the likes of Lucchese, Budo, and McGill for that fifth spot is Justin Jarvis and Max Cranick. Max Cranick, uh, the former Pirate who the Mets brought in on, on a minor league deal. Um, he only has two years under his belt, two off and on years in terms of um, being with the big league club. But in 2021, made nine starts for the Pirates, pitched to a 464-5.5 war. Um, and then in 2022, he only pitched in five innings. Um didn't allow a run, but still that's just five innings. So Max Cranick is another individual who you can look to. Um Cranick, I, I can't say I know too much about him. Um, his projected numbers in 2024. So obviously they see him getting some time. They have him going three and six and 17 starts. God, if he makes 17 starts for the Mets, they're in trouble. Um 481 ERA, 477 FIP. 0.6 war, nothing against Kranich, but if Kranich's making 17 starts, the Mets are absolutely fucked. Literally. I mean, that's crazy. 17 starts. Jeez. And I mean, and the thing is, is now it's, you know, you're at the end of February, you already have like your money allocated in certain spots. And we know just from watching how this offseason has played out. If the Mets were going to pounce on a Snell or a Montgomery, they would have done it, you know. So that's out of the question, you know. Would you would would you personally look into the markets of let's say Rich Hill, Dick Mountain, um, uh, Johnny Cueto, or a Zach Davies, like someone like that who is legitimately a fifth starter, somebody that you can pick up for two to three to four million bucks, bring them in, and hopefully eat some innings, being that they're a veteran, or are you just sticking with what you have dick mountain i'd love to bring him back he throws in it he, he's an innings eater yeah like you you bring him on he's what like 59 years old he'll still give us 100 innings only minus 16 there 
only minus 16. He'll be 43. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's 43. He's, he's 43. Yeah, I know. I know. It's all for good fun. But no, I, I bring back Jake Mountain. 100%. He's someone that I really looked at today, and I was like, he makes sense on like a he makes sense on a short term deal. Uh, obviously, it would yeah. you know, it would make it would be no longer than a one year deal for him with anybody, right? But you look at just the way that the rotation is configured, and you have again the Severino, the Manaya, who have upside. Same with an Adrian Hauser to an extent, right? And Quintana as well, and then you go. All right, yeah, we're going to be without Kodai Sang. If we're thinking maybe July, maybe a Rich Hill would help patch the rotation until then, or a Johnny Cueto, yeah. or, and then you keep you keep McGill and Budo and Lucchese in those depth pieces. But it looks like the Mets are kind of just going to dive into that depth immediately. Definitely, I don't, for I don't sure. Think and, external. They, and, and when David Stearns today at the Sanga press conference uh, talking about the injury, um, he pretty much noted that they're not going to be going externally for starting pitching, pretty much shooting down the likes of Snell and, or Montgomery. And at that, at first I thought that that's what they'd be thinking of this off season, maybe a Montgomery, but as it, as the hot stove kept going and going and we saw, we saw what, what David Stearns was doing with these one year deals, like these like lottery ticket kind of deals where like, and like good trades, like I love the Adrian Hauser trade. I, that has upside written all over it. That guy plays good. We don't, we're not doing well. You ship him off. He plays good. We're doing good. You re-sign him. Um, so I don't know. Really, we got we got to see our first games in a couple of days. Spring training. It's gonna be nice to see some kids out there. Do we know who's uh? Do we know who's starting it? I don't think that that would be out yet. It's only Thursday. Let's look that up. Dacoma D- will have it like the morning of, like all the pitchers. Yeah, every single pitcher lined up. Uh, yeah, no, no, okay. All right. Well, again, you mentioned two days until the first game, and then again, March twenty eighth can't get here quick enough, um, so that we can just kind of see this team come to fruition and see what they have see what they're missing, see what players perform. And, you know, if I really don't even know what to say. The, the season just has to get here because we've been talking about this forever and now we're dealt with a Senga injury. And now I'm thinking of, you know, the potential of a deadline sell-off. Ooh. I'm thinking about the potential of a, of a good year out of nowhere, like a bunch of misfits just playing well. So I just have to see the product. I really don't know. Who starts opening day? Luis Severino? I would think if they're going name-wise, then yeah. Um, a couple of years back in 2022, who started opening day in 2022? Do you remember? Was it Tyler McGill? Yeah. So I think the Mets should start Tyler McGill opening day. It's 2022. We won 101 games. I- I love, I love the, my favorite thing about him is his composure. He gives like, he gives off when he's pitched, when he's on, he pitches fucking on. He has like a bulldog mentality. Opening day 22. It looked like it didn't look like it was opening day. And that was again, his second year. It looked like it was, it looked like it was, you know, his 18th game pitched of the season. Like it looked, it looked like it had no phase on it. I remember you know, he looked great. So 
again, uh, that rotation, that team was a hundred percent different than the 2024 Mets. But for me personally, uh, I just look back to 2022. I said the Mets didn't switch around the rotation. They just plugged McGill in for DeGrom. So what I would do is I would just, uh, I would just pl- plug McGill in for Senga and uh, have McGill start opening day. Quintana two, Severino three, or whatever you're gonna, whatever you're gonna do from there. But we'll see. Um, hopefully it it zooms by. You know the hot stove has gone by slowly, and um, you know we were talking about this before the episode. Uh, next episode will be our season finale. Um, just kind of dish out some grades from the Mets from this really, really weird, interesting, quiet off season. Um, and then we'll also go over our top 10 uh, starting pitchers and relief pitchers. And uh, again, that'll be it until a couple of days before opening day. And that's when uh, season three of the cup of Mets podcast kicks off. And um, I know, you know, Rob's not here, but I can speak for Rob and I believe Matt as well. When uh, we say we're extremely excited to, uh, to get rolling with that. Two other two other quick spring notes uh, before we dive into our top left field, center field, and right fielders. Um, Brandon Nimmo, it looks like, is moving to left field. Harrison Bader and Tyrone Taylor, Harrison Bader primarily, uh, those two are going to man center. Thoughts? I like it. I mean, they brought in, they didn't pay Bader $10.5 million to play a corner. They they paid him to come in and play center, and you know see see what he can do, you know. Um, I, I like it. I love Nemo. I'll always love Nemo. I like the attitude. I like the attitude from both of the uh, from. I mean, obviously Bader is going to say the right things. He's brand new here, but Nemo's like, yeah, whatever's going to help the team win, and also it'll probably keep Nemo healthier for for the long run in his career. Yeah, and that's what we need. Absolutely. So especially someone who, you know, prior to the last two seasons was uh, prone to leg injuries, keeping him in left field where he's not going to run as much, I think is definitely going to be big for Nimmo down the stretch. And then you get a gold Glover and Harrison Bader out in center and somebody who really knows how to man center and Tyrone Taylor as well. So um, all in all, that's good. And then obviously if the Mets need to put Nimmo back in center, they have a bona fide center fielder in Nimmo uh, who can go back to center. So I think that's good. And then the other thing too, that, has a partly to do with the Mets that I didn't bring up last week um, in the episode uh, that Rob and I recorded that I meant to. Listen, I do not like to um, look at other players, whether it be on a rival, whether it be a former Met, and say, ha-ha, you're hurt, you know, I, 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 I hope for the best for everyone. With that said... Justin Verlander is dealing with some shoulder issues as well. He Mm -hmm. will miss Mm -hmm. opening day. And uh, if you all recall correctly, he has a $34 million vesting option if he pitches 140 innings in 2024. So if he misses time up until June or July, similar to a Kodai Senga, that would be money that the Mets would not have to be on the books for the Mets would be on the books for 17 and a half million dollars, but they would not be on the books for that. That would be massive. I hate, I mean, I would love to see Justin Verlander continue to compete at a high level at his age, but um, 
with all the dead money coming off the books at the end of this year, if that money also cannot be guaranteed going into 2025, the Mets are really going to have a clean slate going into next year. For sure. They'll have good money to spend. Real good money to spend. And, um, you know, all the power to them. So again, those are just two quick notes. So we'll see spring trainings here. Now diving into our top tens here, we're winding down last week, did third baseman and DHs. Tonight, what we're going to do is, you know, just going back, listening to all the episodes, you know, running through everybody's lists. Um, it just seemed like a lot. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you all to head to our Instagram and our Twitter um, at Cup of Mets to see the full lists from Matt, Rob, and myself. Um, they'll be released uh, over the coming days. But tonight, what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and shoot out my top left fielders and my right fielders. Matt's going to shoot out his top center fielders. Uh, we're going to go back and forth here. But, um, you know, that'll sum up our top tens going into the outfield. Um, and then, yeah, away we go. It's really crazy putting together. Um, I don't know if you felt this way, but, you know, center field, right field, stacked. Left field is so weak. I had no idea what to do. Yeah, dude, it's hard. You're right. I had no idea what to do. So I don't even want to sound biased when I go ahead and do this. But um, here we go. My top 10 left fielders going into 2024. Um, at 10, I got Taylor Ward of the Angels. At 9, I have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. of the Diamondbacks. At 8, I have Chaz McCormick of the Houston Astros. At 7... I have Lars Newtbar of the Cardinals. Six, Evan Carter of the Rangers. Nolan Jones of the Rockies at five, who burst onto the scene last year for Colorado. Wow. I have Ian Happ at four. Uh, Cubs. Brian Reynolds at three. Uh, I'm this. It's still a toss-up to me. I don't know. It's either Randy or Rosarena or Brandon Nimmo one. I th- yeah, interesting. I don't I don't see how Nimmo could be one, but I don't see how Rosarena could be one either. What's well, a Cunha right field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's right field. And that's why left field we got a little bit of a switch because Juan Soto played left in San Diego. But this year now, you completely just wiped the position, and we put out a top 10 DH list as well, so we couldn't put Jordan Alvarez in left either. So left is barren. Um, screw it. I don't give a shit. I'm a homer. Number two, Randy Rosarain, and number one, Brandon Emma. There you go. Way to stick to your gut. Thanks. I mean, MLB Network had Nimmo two, and Jordan Alvarez was one because they don't do a top 10 DH. So screw it. Yeah. Screw it. All right. On to center field. Shoot him. All right. At 10, I got Alec Thomas. Diamondbacks. I think he's a very good young player. Massive postseason. Uh, nine, James Altman. Dodgers started off last year smoking hot. I think he's uh, he's got a lot of potential in this league. Eight, a really good guy. Cedric Mullins. Love him and, and the way he plays the game. Seven TJ Friedel. Is that how you say his name? Friedel. I was Friedel. Yeah, I always have issues. Uh, number six, uh, Jazz Chisholm from the Marlins. Um, I love Jazz. I just like the way he plays the game. Swaggy. 
Yeah, he's a big time swag guy. Um, number five, Money Mike, Mike Harris from the Braves. Uh, and then these last four, just like hard. Uh, but number four, I'm going to go Mike Trout. Wow. Number three. Yeah, right. number three, I'm going to go Luis Robert, White Sox. Mm -hmm. Number two and one were hard ones. Yep. But two, two, I'm going Julio Rodriguez. And number one, I'm going to go El Capitan. Number 99, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Hey, isn't that wild? Mike Trout to four. Poor guy. Yeah. Can't stay healthy. I'll never say poor guy. There's somebody that makes $45 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you, sound like, you sound like my father. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But what a contrast. Your, your top five, Michael Harris Jr., Mike Trout, Luis Robert, Julio Rodriguez, and Aaron Jones. My top five, Nolan Jones, Ian Happ, Brian Reynolds, Randy Rosarain, and Brandon Emma. Like, what a what a 360 there. Um, and then right field. I mean, right field's just ridiculous. Um, right field at number 10, I have Anthony Santander uh, from the Orioles. Nine, I have Nick Castellanos from the Phillies. Eight. I have George Springer from Blue Jays. Seven, Lane Thomas, the Nationals. Six, Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. Five, Fernando Tatis Jr. Four, Corbin Carroll. Three, Kyle Tucker. Two, Juan Soto. And then one, Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, talk about stacked and Mookie Betts made the switch to second. Imagine if Mookie was still playing right. Yeah, that's so, dude, that's such a crazy list. Isn't that wild? Right field so stacked in this league. Right so field stacked. is And I feel like we haven't said that for quite some time, but right field is quite stacked. Yeah, for sure. Right field's quite stacked. Um, but yeah, there you have it. Top 10 outfielders. Uh, again, be sure to look at uh, our Instagram and Twitter pages at Cup of Mets to see all three of our lists um, for all three positions, each of us. Um, and with that, Matt, something that I wanted to just tell you last week, and I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, I just thought about this. Last week, when we dished out our top 10 third baseman, obviously you were in San Diego. Um, mm -hmm. You and I had the same one, two, three. Jose Ramirez, Devers, and Austin Riley. Rob put Riley one, and that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Now, he said verbatim, he said the words, I love Austin Riley. That's crazy. Yeah, what are your... I, what are, I thought maybe I made too big of a deal of it at first, but then I was like... I don't know. I would never say that I love an Atlanta Brave. Would you? No, I wouldn't. I'd say I like their like their game. Yeah, that's that's what I said to him. Like I said, like, like I like I fuck with their game. I like how they they play the game and their style. Yeah, I, I like Acuna's game, but I'm not uh I'm not crying if he gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, like damn, damn, Rob. I know you got to call him out for that uh, in the in the finale. You got to call him out for that one. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, oh. another one in the books, episode seventeen. Um, you know, Mets quick, base, Mets baseball coming soon. 
Yeah, you know what, Matt? Let's let's do this quickly before before we wrap up here. Last week, um, Rob and I did a prediction segment where it was I timed it for a minute, okay, and we just asked questions going back and forth. So I would ask you a question, you would answer, then you would ask me a question, okay? And All we right, would go quick, rapid fire for one minute. It can be anything from the rest of spring training into the season to bold shit, like if the Mets make the playoffs, yada, 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 this, that, the third, whatever, okay? All right. All right. All right. Okay. You start. Ready, set, go. Who leads the team and wins this year? Luis Severino. All right. Uh, for me, who do you think wins the NL East? The Braves. Um, do the Mets make the playoffs? No. Um, how how many wins does Yoshinibu Yamamoto get this year? Oh, we're going league wide here. Uh, yeah, thirteen or fourteen wins for Yamamoto. Um. How many home runs does Francisco Alvarez hit? 33. Ooh, that's nice. Um, how many stolen bases does Lindor get? Uh, I say 27. Um, following Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden, what number is next to be retired? Uh... Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm fried. Uh, dude, that's a good one. I have no idea. With David, David Wright, David Wright. David Wright, five, and stop. That was a minute 24 because we couldn't get that last one, but that was good. Okay. Yeah, you, you fucking, you stuck me on that last one. I was I, like, oh, I know. oh fuck. That, that was the dagger. That was the dagger right there. Yeah, see, that I knew I had dagger. I knew I had you because we, we were talking very uh, relevant and prevalent uh baseball everything going on right now and then i shot you with that yeah, one so, so sure. there you go um maddie you got anything else before we uh hop off no i'm I'm just excited to see some baseball get played on saturday that's baseball hopefully uh gary keith and ron are on it yeah not yeah they i i believe they are unless one of them is uh you know taking a little early season sabbatical but they will be on sny 110 on saturday uh Mets Cardinals crazy to say that baseball will be underway um and then again this Sunday the 25th be be sure to tune in to the hot stove season finale again we'll bring you all the good stuff in preparation of the 2024 season with that being said Remember to use code Cup of Mets to get $20 off of your first purchase on SeatGeek. So be sure to download the SeatGeek app. And and know you can use as many email addresses as you want, by the way. Yeah. 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 Use as many email as addresses. As many as you want. As I've many done, as I've you done want. it. Yeah, as many as you want, you know. Um buy a game, buy tickets to one game, make another account buy tickets to another game, do what you got to do. Yo, Use the code. It's way too easy. Yeah. You know, you know where it's at. Um, and also be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at cup of Mets. for Matt DeSantis. I'm Ian Bosniak. Thanks again, guys. 
I know I say this every week, but we're almost there. We're literally at the one yard line and we can't, we can't be more excited again for Matt. I'm in. Good night, everybody. LFGM. <laughs>